Hello, welcome to the Better Outcomes Show, where we explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Each episode, we bring you a conversation with leaders across the healthcare industry, exploring topics ranging from new treatment techniques and interventions to novel service delivery methods and business models. And now your host, Rafi Salazar from Rehab U Practice Solutions, a leader in patient engagement and retention strategy. Let's explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Well, hello again. Welcome to another episode of the Better Outcomes Show. I'm your host, Rafi Salazar from Rehab U Practice Solutions, where we fill healthcare organizations and clinics with patients and clients that are engaged in the value, the services you provide. Sorry, I'm getting over a little cold here. Um, What do we have on the docket this week? This week, we are bringing back a former guest, Mr. Jamie Schreer from uh, Practice Freedom U, and he's talking to us specifically to the managers and the owners in the room, specifically about time management, about what we can do to take control of our time back. If you're in the small to mid-sized private practice world, no doubt there are plenty of things that demand your attention, demand your time. And Jamie provides some practical tips and tricks around how to just take more control of your time in order to run a practice that's thriving, that's able to operate without you being the linchpin for everything. So without further ado, here's Jamie Shear talking about uh, taking control of your time. Well, hey, Jamie, welcome to the show again. How are you? <laughs> well, I'm glad to be back. A repeat <laughs> guest. This, this, this is a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> so you've already been on the show once, but just give like the 30 second overview of you and Freedom Practice You, and then we'll kind of dive into the topic of uh, time management. Jamie Schreier, CEO, Practice Freedom You, worn out, tired clinician turned uh, business owner and uh signed up for a different bill of goods than what I actually got. Uh, wasn't happy, miserable, working a ton. Uh, wife, <laughs> she's not happy with me because I was a pain in the ass. Wasn't there for my kids and said, there got to be a better way. Started looking for a better way. Nine years later, found the practice freedom method, which is actually a, basically the methodology of how to create a, a, a real business that gives you what you want, time, money, freedom, choice. And all those things that we're all after. So that's that's the story. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the show again. Um, well, let's just dive right into it. So one of the one of the topics that we had talked about last time, we said, oh, we'll go back and do another one. It was all about time management. So let's just set the stage for most folks, most clinicians like you and I, turn entrepreneur that have either bought or purchased or started a practice of some kind. Um, one of their biggest challenges is around time, is it not? Oh, 100%. I mean, look, we, we went into business. We didn't have any real schooling in it. Most of us maybe read a book. You just said earlier, you're like, hey, I uh, downloaded your book. And I, I read like one book. My, my entire uh, education in business before I opened was, was Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Rich Dad, Poor Dad for like, like $12. So, you know, most of us don't have any education and, you know, we go into business for what we go into business because we want more time. We want, we want more money. We don't want our income to be limited by someone else. And we want freedom. Freedom is, is control. We want, we don't want to have to submit a darn PTO when we can take time off or go see our, our kids play a sport. So, so that's what we went into. And to your point, it's it sounds great, but time is 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 the is a tough thing for for many of us. Yeah, why do you think that is? Is it because we come from a fee for service model where we're used to billable hours and time, or is the problem deeper than that? Um, well, if you get into the psychology of that, look, we're not the only people that have trouble with time. <laughs> I haven't met anyone and i live in you know right outside of dc in maryland and you know there people wear this badge of honor on their chest it's called the busy badge of honor when you ask someone how they're doing they're like i'm busy 
And they go, how are you? And you go, I'm really busy. And then they go, oh, I'm sorry. I'm super duper busy. Like everyone's trying to one up uh, someone else about how busy they are. So this idea of being busy, this idea of having every waking moment of your day, having it filled with stuff, I think it's a cross between a societal type of thing and also I've never met a, a, a PT owner or a clinician that wasn't a hard worker. So a hard worker means I'm willing to put the time and effort to work hard. Again, you're taking up all your time to work hard, but are you getting that time? Are you getting that control of your finances? Are you getting that freedom to kind of live the kind of life that you want? So I, I don't know the deeper psychology of it, but I know there's a couple of things that I call these universal truths, sim simple truths. Um, one of them, we don't have enough time. And two, we're terrible at delegating. And those are two things that are not to, uh, not to be, uh, to have simultaneously, not good at time, terrible at delegating. Yeah. So those are the truths I know. Yeah. It's funny going back to that. It's, it almost seems like people confuse activity with accomplishment, right? Like if I'm doing all this stuff, there's stuff on my to-do list. I'm booked out for months and months and months. Like, I've got to be killing it, right? <laughs> but it turns out you're just spinning your wheels. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's no, uh, my favorite Henry David Thoreau quote around time, he goes, uh, busy, so too are the ants. What are you busy about? Ants are busy. They're really busy. They're working hard. They're building the anthill. They're doing all that kind of stuff. Busy is, is just a, you know, you're filling your day doing tasks and doing activities. The real question is, well, what are you actually busy about? Is your busyness moving you towards what you want? And Rafi, do you even know what that is? Now, we can get into to some of that, but it's like you start looking at time. We all have the same amount of time. Nobody has any more. Nobody has any less. And of course, we know that there are billionaires out there and there are people that don't have two, two nickels to rub together and everybody in between. So there has to be some way that it's what you're doing with your time that's yielding certain results for some and not other results for others. And that, and that was kind of the journey that I went on being one of the typical busy, busy. If I just work hard, then everything will work out. I'm not afraid of hard work. But it, it didn't work out like that. Yeah. So then talk to us a little bit more about those those two truths and kind of what the what the solution is for each of them. Yeah. So, you know, delegating, just to get clear on some definition, delegating is simply freeing yourself um, from activities that can be handled by somebody else. That's delegation. Right, freeing yourself from activities that can be handled by somebody else. So, when I speak of time management, which I don't really like the word management because time cannot be managed, it just is. Right, we've been on here for five minutes and five minutes have gone by. The only thing we can truly do is be in control and to own how we use our time. So, I look at time ownership more than time management. So here's a, here's a couple of things. I'm going to read to you a couple of things for you and your audience. And uh, you can tell me, just to have some fun with you, you can tell me how you answer these, right? Sure. So do you own your time? Answer this, yes or no. Do you predominantly do the activities you love and that give you energy in a given week? Predominantly. Sure, I'd say, yeah. Okay. Do you block out time to think and brainstorm and strategize? Yes. Do you make time to innovate, systemize, and involve new processes? In one of the businesses, sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, so you got two different businesses. So we got to be sure which one you're yeah, really yeah, focused on sure. here, right? Because one business probably has more check marks than the other one. Yeah, that's my, that's my so, bet. Yeah. And do you um, make time to focus on key referral relationships? Yes. Okay. So if your answer is yes to most or all those questions, then 
you certainly have more control over your time. If your answer is no, and unfortunately, most people who take this little quiz, the answer is no, they are this in this overwhelmed operator type of uh, position, time certainly owns you. So, can I tell you a quick story? Sure, yeah, go for it. So, so one of my, um, uh, one, of, one of my favorite clients, he, he actually was coaching for us for a while, his name's Steve, just, just a wonderful, wonderful guy. So when I met Steve, he had what appears to be this very successful business. And you know, when, when you go to these conferences and people say, hey, how you doing? You know, the first thing people say is, you know, how many clinic locations do you own and, and, and what kind of revenue you're doing? Like people try to size you up. So, yeah, yeah. you know, he, and I hate that shit, but he's <laughs> one of those guys that from the outside, he had a few, a few locations. He's making, you know, 1.6, 1.7 million revenue. So of course, you know, I, as a, as a coach, I would dive in and, you know, uncover like what was really going on. And the shame of it is, is he wasn't really making any money. And when I say not making any money, he was paying more than one staff person. He had a bunch of staff more than he was making. Oh, wow. 1.7 million in my world, you better be making at least 20%. And he's making less than five. That's a lot of work and a lot of effort, a lot of risk not to be making any money. So we went through this exercise around time because anything that's going to happen in our business is going to come with our ability to put time and effort behind something, right? And if we're getting results right now or not getting the results we want, then we have to change where we put that in there. So I introduced a concept called bundling. And, and by the way, um, for, for anyone listening, anybody that subscribes to, to you, Ravi, I do, uh, I'm, I'm taking all of this from my book, The Practice Freedom Method, and I wanna make sure I give this, uh, they get access to this resource for free um, that goes over not only this, but a lot more than just time strategy. So it goes over lots of other things as well. And it's my journey um, in this Practice Freedom Method. So I wanna make sure they, they do get that in the show notes. So if you don't pick up all of this, don't, don't worry, you don't have to write all the notes. So, so the concept with Steve, that I introduced was this concept called bundling. Have you ever heard of bundling? Um, well, I, I am reading your book, so. <laughs> right. well, you've heard of bundling. Yes. Um, it, it, it's not a new concept, right? I mean, there's a great saying that says there's nothing new under the sun. It's just how we kind of tweak it and make it our own. So this idea around uh, bundling is really grouping like activities together. So what was Steve doing on a day-to-day -day basis? When I met him, even though we had a, a you know, $1.6, $1.7 million business, he was still treating, even though he had tons of therapists. He was still treating, he was still sought after. But in the middle of treatment, he was asked, hey, Steve, can, can, can we approve this? Hey, can you sign this real quick? Hey, Dr. Smith is on the phone. Can you talk to uh, him real quick? Oh, by the way, um, I, I wanna take PTO, or I'm not feeling well, is it okay if I go home or, I mean, you know that kind of stuff, like oh, yeah. just inundated with interruption after interruption after interruption. So this idea around bundling is trying to group like activities together. That's all it is. So if you are treating, try to bundle like an entire, optimally an entire day of treating, but start with like three hours or four hours. But the key, Rafi, is to stay totally focused on that. So Steve was like, all right, well, I'm treating right now five days a week. My schedule's all over the place. It feels like I'm doing 100 things. I'm coming home from work exhausted, not energized, exhausted, 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 not wanting to look forward to the next day. So he started to say, all right, I will, I will put my schedule where I'll do four hours of treatment, and then the rest of the day, I'll just handle administrative stuff. All right, let's start with that. So then I challenged him. I said, are you blocking out any time to really think about your business? Think about what is preventing your staff from being more efficient, more productive. Maybe there's confusion going on. Any time to really think about your business, not in the process of doing but in the process of just thinking, and when I say thinking, I don't mean doing it inside your business. 
Have you ever done your thinking inside your practice? Yes. Have you ever done it outside your practice? Yes, it's much more productive outside the practice. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for agreeing with that. I mean, this was a crapshoot. I had to ask you the question. It's like, please, <laughs> like, no, please I think all the time way. in my business. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Inside your business is the most uncreative place. So when you block it out time to think, maybe an hour, two hours, or taking a walk, just to kind of get your head around that, when you're in an open space outside creative areas, it's unbelievable the ideas that you have and how you see your business. So I, you know, he trusted me and I said, just, just trust me on this one. Just try to block out a little bit of time because he was a busy dude. So he blocked out an hour once a week, all of a sudden, just by doing this one exercise on bundling, all of a sudden things started to improve. He started removing some things that he was doing that he didn't have to do. He actually had people already doing these things, but for some reason he was doing them. And he saw his business in a different light. And during this time, he realized there were some areas that some of the staff was a little confused or not sure what to do. And he realized that, and he started communicating to them. And then when he was treating, he became so focused on the patient at the moment, whereas before he wasn't. He was treating the patient and hearing how the front desk was screwing up a new patient coming in or someone canceling or, I mean, you know what I mean? Like you're yeah. hearing everything else in your clinic as you're treating. So he was able to focus more on being hundred percent with his patient, which caused better rapport, better engagement and things like that. And it taught his staff boundaries. All of that happened. Boundaries, better focus, better care, better organization of time all because he just added one hour a week just to have time to think and brainstorm around his business because he bundled his, 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 his activities and his schedule. So what happened to that? That started moving towards getting better results. His income, this was just baffling to him. His income started to increase, his income. His revenue started to increase. And his amount of time that he spent in the clinic decreased. Yeah. This is a crazy phenomenon. And it's one that most very busy, overwhelmed people do not subscribe to. Rafi, this is what I discovered myself. And this is what I continue to see every time we have someone that starts to apply some of these principles and some of these concepts and strategies. It's the only way to actually create a real business that you are not a slave to. And it has happened again and again and again by using this one initial strategy around bundling, but then more happened. Um, delegation is probably the most underrated thing that, that there is to do that we don't do. You mentioned something that we came in earlier. Do you mind sharing that? I said we would bring up today. Oh, yeah, yeah, So um, I'm actually, so I bought this practice back in October. It's been me as the only OT and a couple PTs, well, a few PTs, and uh, we just hired an OT. So hopefully in January of 2022, is it already 2022 coming up? Um, I'll it's be removing myself more or less from the, from the clinical work. I still love touching patients and doing all the work. It's just... So much to, to run two businesses and treat a whole lot, right? So, so there you have a delegation strategy. See, delegation is about removing things that other people can handle. And if there wasn't someone else in the world that could actually treat patients, we would all be really screwed. There'd be a bunch of one-person yeah. solopreneur practices all over the world, and we'd all be trapped by our own business. Nothing wrong with a solopreneur practice. But if you want to have control of your time, you can't have all the time taken up on treating patient documentation. Of course, you still have all the administrative stuff. You still have the marketing stuff. You still have the operations and the financial. None of that goes away. That's all part of your plate because you're the owner. So you're now starting to delegate and leverage your time by investing in someone else that can do some of that work and continue to get really good results. So you're going to learn a whole new level of how do you then, and this is kind of more of advanced stuff, but once you begin to delegate things or try to delegate things, 
then you have the opportunity of taking what you know about that thing and applying it, especially treating. You're probably really talented at treating people, are you not? I would like to think so, sure. <laughs> so now, unlike before, you get to now be a mentor to someone else. And guess what people are thirsty for nowadays? Oh yeah, mentorship for sure. You're darn right. And you don't get it in a lot of places. When I talk about hiring and retaining staff, this is a big one, right? Uh, because people are looking for mentorship. Well, you can't mentorship if you're if you're treating 40 days a week and then doing another 20 hours of admin and marketing. So you're going to learn how to do that, which is a great opportunity for you because as you start to do that, you start to leverage time. The results from your patients, they don't change. They may actually even be better because this person might be even more focused on that patient than you having 13 other things to do that day. So this is one of the big challenges that, that people have. I have a couple written down here. Some people might be asking, well, I don't have time to hire. Okay, I don't have the money to hire. All right, well, if I delegate, then what will I do? If I delegate treating, then who am I? I'm a clinician, darn it. Well, you're the one that went into business. So what are you really? I would say you're a business owner who might be still thinking like a clinician, but that's something we can shift out of. Doesn't mean you can't still treat, but if you never think like a business owner, you're gonna be stuck in the clinical mindset. Clinical mindset of business does not work well. That's why it took me nine years to do it instead of 18 months. Another thing is, and you might be thinking this, Ravi, they're not gonna treat as well as I am. They're not gonna be as good as I am. And that's something that really causes us to hold on. If I said there was two reasons why people do not do this, it's because they don't, they don't want to give up that control. Maybe it's that ego talking. That's one of the things. Um, and the, the other is, is just the idea of, if I do give up this, especially that treatment, who am I if I'm not a physical therapist or occupational therapist or speech therapist? Who am I? And you start to look in the mirror and you start to question who you are. And that's tough for a lot of people to, to work through. But those are the two reasons why people can't do it. It's never about can you do it? Yeah. Well, let's, let's circle back then and talk about those those first three things you, you mentioned that prevents people from, from delegating or let's say hiring that clinician. You said it was, um, so what was it? I don't have the money. I don't have the time to hire. And then what? They're not going to treat as well, good as me? Well, the, well, well, think about it. The things we're actually talking that you don't have time for are the exact things that you're trying to get more of. Yeah. So I can't afford to hire someone to help delegate some of the treating. Okay, so your solution is what? Treat more? Yeah. You also don't have time to market your practice. And you're never going to feel comfortable hiring someone if you don't have a waiting list of patients to make sure that person is busy. So I don't have time or money to hire. The other thing is, for lack of a better word, I don't trust the person can do it as well as I can. That's really another yeah. way of saying, you know, um, they're not as good as me. It comes down to trust. So now you're talking about, I don't trust the people I have working for me. Is that their problem or your problem? Yeah, exactly. What would it take? And this is the question that, that I will pose to everyone listening. If you ask that question to yourself, and I've asked that question a million times, Steve asked that question a million times and everyone else, what will it take for you to trust a person? to handle something. So when you start taking some of this thinking time, this innovative strategizing time, and you start to ask these questions to yourself and you're just kind of, you know, walk around the neighborhood, you're like, so what would it take for me to trust this person? You start coming up with the answers. Those answers is what's going to set you free. I don't know what you're going to come up with. I can tell you what typically people come up with. Things like, well, be clear on the outcome that you want. Be clear on the expectations that you want. 
ensure that there are systems or processes in place that get the, um, the result that we want. Perhaps provide a very clear training program. They can't read your mind. Would those things help you be more comfortable bringing in this brand new OT to treat your patients? Perhaps, perhaps there's other things. So by asking the right question, you start moving towards the right answer. When you ask the wrong question, even the best answer is still the answer to the wrong question. The question isn't, well, I don't have time. I don't have money. What am I supposed to do if I don't, if I, if I give away my treating? All the wrong questions. And when you have the wrong question, you get the wrong answer and you get the results that you don't want. Yeah. So those are the questions that you start to ask um, that helps you move down the path of how to work through some of those discomforts. And those are all natural, normal discomforts. But it's, the, it's you know, people talk about, hey, let's get to the next level. Going through this, Ravi, is the next level. And you're about to experience that next level as you start to go through these and experience what it's like to actually give up control. And when you give up control, such as treating or, or overseeing and micromanaging people, you actually get back 10 times more control and money and opportunity. And it's a lot of fun for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally, totally get that. So I took a vacation tail end of this summer, went to, went to the beach, did some fishing, caught some sharks. And the whole time, um, my practice was just running <laughs> that wasn't burnt down when I got back. Um, but there was something really nice about heading out that Friday and telling everybody, all right, I'll be back in a week. And, you know, I had questions about whether or not it was gonna, gonna happen, right. If there weren't going to be bumps in the road and maybe there were that I never heard about. Um, but like, so I bought the business in October, worked it for, you know, seven, eight, nine months, and then took this vacation like just from an, a personal business owner relationship with, with me and this staff and this, you know, this team of 10 people, um, it was very, like it built trust for me to leave. And maybe there was like a, something in the back of my mind. I was like, oh, maybe it's not gonna work out well, but I came back and the building didn't burn down. We brought in more patients. We saw some more people. So, um, well, well, you keep mentioning burn down. I, I, I just don't, I don't like that. You yeah, I know you, you and down. your, your history, you don't like that. <laughs> Because mine did burn down. Yes. <laughs> yes. But there's something to be said about it, right? Like sometimes you just have to take the step, the like a step out in faith that your team's going to do well and give them the opportunity to prove you right. Right. Well, yeah. And, and as we dive deeper into this idea of time management and, and controlling your time, um, there's another there's another element to this um, and a way to use your calendar. And, you know, I call this the, 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 the time owner system. So there's a system that I teach around different types of days. So uh, there's a great joke that says, you know, as business owners, we get to work any, you know, there's seven days in a week, we get to work any 18 hours a day we choose, right? <laughs> because, you know, we all work a ton. So we just get to choose if we want to work all day Saturday and Saturday night, we can choose that. Um, but but what I was kind of going towards is there's three types of days. One of the types of days are free days. And if you've gotten to that chapter yet, free days are all about no work, re-energizing yourself, giving your brain a break, just getting away from it for a minute. And most people, which is interesting, when I surveyed people and I said, Tell me what you, and your free days could be PTO, it could be vacation, but how do you see vacation? Do you see it something that you work hard for, or do you see it almost like a prerequisite? And they were like, well, no, I mean, vacation, you work hard, right? You, you work hard and, you know, and then you get a, a week off or a couple of days off or whatever. Well, I would say that, what if you thought the opposite? What if you're thinking, Rafi, in this situation was not you're going to take off because you deserve to take off. 
you're going to take off because it's prerequisite for seeing how your business grows. And part of taking off isn't necessarily proving right or proving wrong what your staff does. All it's going to do is give them more ownership, as you said they, they got, and let you see where there's areas that need to be improved. See, if you're never gone, you will never know what those areas really are. So yes, you hope the place doesn't burn down, but when you come back, you come back with, did you mess up this? That's awesome. Because you now get to fix it. Whereas before, it was still getting screwed up. You just didn't really realize it because you never gave them a, a true chance because you're there. And no matter whether you micromanage or don't micromanage, when the owner is there, people do not work the same way. They do not take ownership the same way. So I would, I would urge people, go away. It's a prerequisite. You have to go away. And the more you go away, the better your business is going to be and the better life you're going to have. I didn't believe it. Steve didn't believe it. Becky didn't believe it. Chris didn't believe it. All these people that I'm like, nope, go away. I don't care if you take a two-day two day getaway. Just go away. Because that will give you a different perspective when you come back. You'll be much more open to if problems happen, you won't be so reactive, jumping down people's throat and going crazy because your tank isn't on empty. And you'll start to see things in a different way. And then, of course, it becomes the fixing process. You just work on putting in a process, putting some training in, seeing where some things aren't working well. But you can never have that perspective just working 24-7 in your business. It can't happen. That's how you begin really to leverage. So I urge you, take some more time off and see what other things you discover about your uh, business and your team. That's a little report card for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I started, so I've done this in the other business. So I have like a day that's like my marketing day, a day that's just my creative day where I'm creating content and then a day where I'm like cranking work out for clients, right? And I've tried to put something similar at the practice. So I've got like marketing Mondays is my, the afternoon is blocked off and all I'm doing is my marketing stuff. And then um, financial Fridays is when I'm looking over the, the books and stuff. Um, but I'm going to have to look at just blocking off a day that's like Rafi's not here day. Because <laughs> yeah, it's, it's easy, especially when you love it. The, the hardest part, um, when you start to create the business that you really love. Now, you, you have a passion for this. It's, it's obvious it's easy to work nonstop because you are doing something you really like. I mean, really like, not that we don't like patients, but really like, so it's easy just to do it all the time. Your phone's there. It's easy to look at some of your numbers. Hey, let's see, let's see how many more subscribers I have. Hey, let's see what my open rate was. I sent out this email. Hey, let's see how much money came in. I just, you know, did this product or whatever. It's easy just to be around it all the time. Free days becomes much more important. It's not just taking a day off, it's getting the hell out of that situation. And that's not, not easy, you know, with, with all the ways that we connect right now, but it's imperative because you'll lose your creativity. You'll lose your perspective around something because you're in it so much. And the biggest challenge we have, besides some of the challenges I already mentioned is we're really smart people. We're really smart. And we think we can outsmart our own biases. Outsmart our own biases. All of us have biases. All of us are like the horse that runs the race that has blinders on to stay focused. You don't know the mistake you might be making. You don't know that you're asking the wrong question. When you start to go and get drained a little bit, even if it's something that you love. So I, I, this, is, this is hard for me. Like I, I have to look at my calendar. And I have to force myself to be like, all right, honey, we're taking a getaway weekend. We are? Yeah, I don't care where we go. You book it. I got to get out of here during this time because I know after I do like some big workshop, I need time to defrag. And I need time to get my energy and focus. I can't just, just continue right away into doing my stuff. So pre-looking at your vacations, that's another tip. So I challenge you to do that over the next two months. And of course, everyone here, but since I'm talking to you <laughs> and there's vacations coming up, like there's built in, you know, in our schedule with, you know, Christmas or Thanksgiving. But again, 
It's easy to work on Friday, Thanksgiving. I used to work it nonstop. Why? No one else in my business would. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, I could treat a half day and knock out, you know, five, 10 people. And I realized, was it really worth it? What are that $500,000 that I made? What was it really cost me not having four days uninterrupted family, hanging out, relaxing, then coming in Monday, fired up? I, I don't know, but I think it did cost me a lot because that yeah. was a short-term thinking. Yeah. Well, and it's easy. I know a lot of people, I was definitely in this when I first bought this practice. I was the only OT. We had two PTs at the time. Now we're up to six or something like that. But it was there. There is definitely a like it's a a mindset shift that you have to take, where like I can always treat more, and that brings in more revenue, right? Like short term, I get in five or six more treatments today. Maybe I don't get to do the marketing, but at least I get you know whatever you're getting a hundred bucks a, a visit or whatever. It's six hundred bucks that goes towards payroll. So it can be a very hard mindset that, to break out of for folks. That's the clinical mindset right there. Yeah. See, right there, we talked about, you know, the difference in clinical mindset and the business owner mindset. It's it's what exactly what you just said. Um, it's that short term, I can just see a few more people make more money. Most yeah. likely, you're not looking at your numbers. You're not looking at your revenue. Most likely, you're probably losing 10 times that somewhere else, but you don't know that because you're focused on that. You're not looking at your metrics. You're not looking at your financial dashboard. You're not spending time building your relationships with your critical referral partners or looking at other ways to generate referrals through your website or other types yeah. of emails or direct response or whatever the case is. It's, it's looking at that short-term clinical way versus stepping away and owning that you are a business owner. I know calling yourselves an entrepreneur is kind of a weird thing to a lot of people. It, 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 it was difficult for me for a long time. I still just say I'm a business owner, but Look, an entrepreneur is someone that has taken the onus and the responsibility to be financially responsible for your own life. So if you're doing that, then you're an entrepreneur. But what we have to get out of is this, I'm a clinician. I just happen to start a business. And because yeah. you've had some people, decades of thinking like that, it takes some time to get out of that thinking. The younger you are down this process, people are like, well, Jamie, should I you know, should I start learning and embracing some of this practice freedom methods and, and some of the stuff that we're doing? And I'm like, the sooner you do it, the better. It's always going to be a learning curve, like anything else. You can't get over that learning curve. There's always that leap of faith. But when you don't have as many mistakes and you don't have those neural pathways set in stone, it's a lot easier to go through that than if you've been doing it for 20 something years. And you're just like, no, I'm not going to do this. No, it doesn't work. I already know. I already know there's no good people out there. I already know that people just want money. I already know that doctors don't refer anybody. I already know this. That person, you know, forget it. <laughs> yeah, there's no fixing it. Yeah, and it's funny, like, so even knowing, I knew a lot of this because I'd worked with a lot of practices before I bought this practice. And like, for me, that was very, that that temptation was there. And I was like, man, I could just book out a whole day. I was going to take my marketing Monday and just book it out and make a bunch of patients come in that day. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to hold my guns here and I'm going to I'm going to try something. And that Monday, because of the results of that Monday, we brought in seven or eight more patients um, that the PTs were going to see. So it was, you know, plan of care is worth what? 1200 bucks or something like that. So 4 hours that I could have spent and treated five or six patients made 600 bucks. I brought in seven patients that were worth, you know, total of like 7 grand over the course of their plan of care. Like to me, it was like mind blown when I did that. I was like, oh, this works. I'm going to keep that's the practice. <laughs> see, that's the practice freedom mindset. We talk about a mindset shift, dude. That's a mindset shift. And did it take any special work? Are you like the brightest person ever on the planet that you decided to do that instead of treat? I mean, did it, did it take some magical, you know, super <laughs> secret way of, oh my God, I don't know how to grow my business. Or did you just make a choice between, well, I can treat five people for 500 or generate eight people for, I don't know, 10,000. Yeah. Yeah. I was just making the decision, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, another thing that we talk about around time management, you know, one of the, the first things that, that, that we do 
when we're teaching time management is get clear on what it is that you're trying to work towards. You know, Simon Sinek talks about it, start with why, so many other people have talked about it even prior to him. You know, what's your primary aim, what's your primary objective, whoever yes. talks about it, right? It's not, it's not new, Yes. but yet we don't spend the time to really look at what are we doing this for? What are we trying to accomplish here? Because if you're, if you're just trying to accomplish, to make ends meet, to work as many hours as you can for perhaps a couple dollars, unfortunately in our profession, a lot of people don't even make any money. When I say money, I mean, you know, 150, 200,000. Most people, not most, but a lot of people I talk to aren't even making a hundred grand. I'm like, start your own business, all the risk, all the time and effort, not even make a hundred grand. I mean, you gotta rethink that. So we have to really pause to be like, what are we trying to do here? Because you did pause and you said, well, I could easily do this. That kind of feels like normal to just see five, six more patients. Or I could be like, this is uncomfortable. It makes sense though, but it's uncomfortable. What if it doesn't work? You know what? What if it does work? And boom, you did it. You got the result. And I doubt you've ever went back to doing that again. Not that, you know, maybe you did a little bit here and there, but I mean, like you always ask yourself that question. And that's, that's the most powerful thing you can do is ask the right kind of questions. And when you start doing that, you start leveraging your time because you realize that your time is the most valuable, non-renewable, non-replaceable resource each one of us have. Money, you can make more money. You cannot get back time. And what I've seen so often is we piss away our time. We just piss it away, piss it away, piss it away with the hope strategy. Hope ain't a strategy. We have yeah. to change how we do things and where we put our time in based on what we want to achieve. Yeah, early on in my entrepreneurial journey, one of my mentors, is he's actually a business partner of mine in another, in another enterprise, um, I was complaining, I was talking about something. It was like, so we were consulting on a big project for the state. I was like, yeah, I could really crank this out though and make a little bit more money. <laughs> it had something to do with family. And Derek, you know, like told me, listen, dude, you can always go make more money. Um, but you only have 24 hours in a day and we don't even know how long we're going to have days, right? Like you could get hit by a bus tomorrow and then your days are gone. <laughs> are done. Right. Um, and it was a big, when he said that it like totally clicked for me. I was like, you're right. Like technically time is the only non-renewable resource out there. If you really is he a pretty successful it. guy, pretty smart guy. Oh yeah, he is for sure. So when you say what makes him smart, he's not talking about some IQ and some special, you know, quadratic formula when everything, he just sees things differently. And that, that takes you down a different path, which takes you down to getting different results. And I believe just a much better life and a much better perspective on things. And ultimately you're able to impact and help more people just by looking at your time and realizing how darn valuable it is and questioning some of the things that you're doing. So powerful stuff, man. Yeah. So then for somebody that might be stuck in this, you know, this rut or whatever, they're trying to just do more, do more, do more. Like, what's that first tip you give them? Is it just schedule an hour a week, schedule whenever you can? Or is it, are you more methodical about guiding them to that discovery no. process? If anyone says there's like a how-to step-by-step, that's bullshit. There isn't a how-to. Um, I call it a practice freedom methodology because it's a methodology. It doesn't mean things go in order. There's a couple things you want to do first, no matter what, which are kind of foundational principles. And one of the foundational principles is around time. I don't talk to anyone about marketing or anything like that until we're clear on where you're spending your time. Because if you don't have time, you're not going to institute any of the strategies anyways. And yeah. if you do, all you're going to do is add more stress to yourself, take away more time for your family, trying to do this, and you're not going to do it well. So I believe aside from getting clear on your vision, what is the outcome? What are you trying to, to do here? Because that kind of adds, you know, kind of guides you as your North Star. 
one of the next things you do is start looking at, well, how are you spending your time? Well, why don't you write down a list, something as simple as um, delegation made simple, delegation made easy, which is in the book um, that everyone's going to have uh, access to. You're going to be able to get one that really talks about, well, why don't you write down just one activity, just one that you don't particularly like, doesn't give you any energy. You don't go home saying, oh my God, I wish I just did so much more of that. <laughs> you list the one activity, right? We're going to start real simple. Chances are that activity ain't going to cost you more than 15, 20 bucks an hour. Chances are, and that's assuming you had to hire someone to do it. Then I want you to come up with three possible solutions to remove that activity from your, from your plate. Just three. I don't care how outlandish they might be, just three. Then I want you to choose step three, circle one. What's the best one you think of delegating that activity? It might be to a front desk person, office manager, maybe another uh, therapist, whatever it might be. Could be delegating a few hours of treatment, could be, you know, for me, one of the first activities I delegated is for some reason, I just answered the phone. I had a full-time front desk person and I just caught up answering the damn phone. Why? I don't know. I always did it. What I realized is I answered the phone because I didn't trust the front desk because sometimes the phone would ring more than three times and that absolutely pissed me off. So when I said, I'm not going to do it anymore, I then said, well, what would make this outcome successful? And that's when I sat down with my front desk person, Claudia, and we started going through the process of going through what the end, end result should be. Answer the phone by the end of two rings. And then she said, well, I don't, I'm not trained on transferring the phone. I go, you weren't trained on it? No, nobody, no wonder she was running back and forth and leaving her the front desk. She wasn't trained on how to literally push two buttons and transfer someone. So all of this cool stuff came to be and that was the first thing I delegated, never looked back. It was done so much better. And my time started to go up. And then I leveraged that time of answering the phone into the next activity. Eventually, it led into treatment. It's not where it started. It started mostly through admin. So that's what I would say to people. Because if you can't do one, Rafi, you ain't doing more than one. Yeah. One thing I guarantee you'll get an aha from doing that one thing and you'll learn so much from that. Then you rinse, lather, or lather, rinse, and repeat. You can put a list of things that you want. Then you can prioritize them. What I love to do is prioritize them in a couple ways. One, you got to get rid of the things that you don't like to do. And that's hard for people because we have to admit we don't like to do it or we're not good at it. And we have big egos. So sometimes we... We're like, well, I can do that. I can, you know, for me, oh, I can do payroll. I suck at payroll. I suck at bookkeeping. I'm terrible at it. You don't want me doing it. But I sold myself, oh, I'm saving money by doing. No, I was losing a fortune. So I hired someone to do it, paid them, I don't know, 50 bucks an hour, a couple hours a week. I made that back in 20 fold within a few months of all the stuff I was screwing up on and how clean and organized our books were which means our dashboard was more clean and organized. And what they taught me about how to pay bills and how this person helped me become more efficient, all because I made that decision to delegate the thing. So that's what I would recommend to anyone. Just start with one activity, look at others, and so many other things will start to become aware in your consciousness. You'll start to see things in a different way. But if you can't do that, then you're still trapped by not enough time and you don't have any more. Yeah. Yes. Well, we're at the top of the hour here. That, that's like a great place to end it. You don't have any more if you're not going to do it. Right? <laughs> you got to make the decision to do it. Um, well, specifically around time management, if you had one or two tips, I think you already told them, but one or two main takeaways you want a listener to get from this episode, what would they be? Choose one activity you do a week that you don't like yep. and see how you can get someone else to do it. That's number one. Number two, use this concept of bundling. 
right? Use this concept of putting like activities together instead of spreading out so long. So it could be treatment. It could be admin stuff. You talked about marketing. I'm going to do marketing in a chunk, right? Bundling or chunking is the same thing. So look at doing that rather than have a schedule that's scattered with lots of different stuff, lots of different interruptions. It's too hard. And, and you know, our, our brains just don't work well like that, right? When we get distracted from a particular topic, it takes us time. There are studies that say it might take 10, 15, or even 20 minutes to get refocused on that particular thing. So keep your mind focused on something consistent, then move to the next sequence of activities, um, such as administrative type of stuff, or even documentation, or whatever the case may be. Those are the, those are the tips that if you can do that, you will absolutely see within a very short time, do a 30 day challenge, do this for 30 days, and you can call me out if you want, if you don't significantly feel better, see how things are working, have a little bit more time, and you're starting to be like, wow, this is kind of crazy. Yeah, awesome. Well, Jamie, thanks so much for being on the show again. Where can people find out more about you, about Practice Freedom U and all of that? Well, good well stuff? first of all, you know, go to practicefreedomu, the letter U.com uh, forward slash Rafi, R-A-F-I, right? <laughs> and download free copy of my book, The Practice Freedom Method. In there, chapter three, chapter four, you're gonna get exactly what we talked about today in case you didn't take notes or you're listening to it running or doing whatever you're doing. And you're gonna see step-by-step, step, you're gonna see stories of how we did it, and you're gonna be able to follow this exactly. What I teach is nothing, I'm not gonna say nothing special, it's nothing complicated. I don't teach complication because I'm not a complicated person. You can do this. You just have to download the book and then just implement something small so you can get the experience and the confidence of doing it and then go from there. Awesome. Cool deal. Well, thanks so much. We'll link to that in the show notes. Then we'll also link to your LinkedIn and all that kind of stuff so people can find you, ask you questions. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Ralph. Appreciate you having me on. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jamie Shear talking about taking control of your time as a clinic owner, clinic manager. I think one of the books that I've been working through recently, reading recently, um, that's made a big impact on me in this area has been Dan Sullivan's book, uh, Who Not How. And the whole point of the book is really about building or putting yourself surrounded by a team of people who are experts at what they do so that you can focus on what energizes and what empowers you. It's he, Dan Sullivan is, is in charge of a strategic coach. He does a lot of talking about mindset and, and training entrepreneurs about becoming the CEO or the visionary of their company as opposed to being, as Jamie mentions, the overwhelmed operator. And I think for a lot of us, I know that in my own personal uh, career here, you know, running Rehab U, doing all that, working with clients, and now taking on this clinic that we purchased and turning that around and trying to build that up and grow that. I think I go through seasons, right? And I think everybody does. There are some times where I feel like everything's humming along well. My, I do have more or less control of my time as far as what I do when I do it, setting aside time to think, setting aside time to to strategize about the next steps. And then there are some times where like the fit hits the shan, right? <laughs> it's all hands on deck and we're trying to get something fixed, trying to, uh, you know, reorganize something or get some kind of problems set straight so that we can keep on trucking. Um, and oftentimes when you're in that mode, um, you can begin to think about how, how do I get this done? How do I do this? How do I get, uh, the systems in place or the problem taken care of. And what Dan Sullivan talks about in the, the Who Not How book is that that's the wrong question to ask. Instead of wondering about how you're going to do something or how something is going to get done or you're going to reach some kind of objective, you need to really be thinking about who is going to help you achieve that goal and who's best suited to do that and then bringing them in and bringing them into that process so that you can better achieve that outcome. Because again, I use the example of like website building or something like that. 
I know what I want the website to say. I want I know what it wanted to look like, but I'm not the I'm not the the right who to do that, right? It would take me uh, much more time than I'm willing to spend to learn how to code it, to learn how to do it, um, and it's just not a good use of my time, right? So what I do in that situation is I get the idea, I get the overarching uh, you know, strategic vision or whatever, what I want the website to look like, what I want the copy to say, how I want it to, to appear to maybe a prospect or a customer, and then I go to my web developer and I say, okay, this is what we want it to look like. And I've done this two ways. So I've, when I was first bootstrapping my business, I did it all myself. I was you know, YouTubing how to code XYZ and I would go do it. And then I'm sure anybody who's built a business online has done this at some point. And you've got the WordPress site pulled up on one window. You've got like an incognito or a, a private browsing tab pulled up in the other uh, on the other tab or something like that on, on another window. And you you do something on the back end of your website and then you refresh the, the incognito tab to see if it, you know, the, the change on your website was what you wanted. And it takes hours, right? Unless you know what you're doing. Um, you'll go through several iterations of putting this here, hitting, um, you know, getting the code where you wanted to do, hitting refresh and seeing if it worked. Oh no, it didn't. Now like the whole website broke. Now I need to go back in and undo what I did. So when we purchased Proactive, the, the clinic that I run now, <clears throat> I went to uh, Whiteheart Insight. They're the folks that have done my websites. And I said, listen, we just got this. I want to turn it around. I kind of built the framework, the wireframe for the website that I, I wanted it to look like this. I wanted you know, this kind of copy, this kind of um, call to action, yada, yada, yada. And then I let uh, Whiteheart do their thing, right? Lisa is, is the, the graphic designer, the web developer that, that worked with me a lot on it. And she basically reached out to me and said, okay, I've got this you know, sample looked up uh, or, or wired together. Why don't you go take a look at it? And we went back and forth a few times to get everything you know, ironed out the way I wanted it to look and the way she wanted it to work and all, and all that kind of stuff. And it took maybe a week to get an entire website up and running um, that would have taken me probably months, if not a year, to do on my own. And I'm pretty decent at getting back in the in the back end of a WordPress site and building pages and doing doing that sort of thing. Um, but it's not really the best use of my time, right? What was the better use of my time was to lay out the strategic vision, to hand it off to Whiteheart, who is the who for me, and have them take care of that so that I could focus on what was really important to the business, which at the time was bringing in new patients and, and new clients, building referral sources, and setting the, the, the clinic up on a, on a trajectory for growth. And that's just one example of how, if I had been focused on the how aspect of how do I do this myself, you really miss that. And then you don't really have control of your time because there's more stuff to do in a given day than you have time to do, right? Especially those of you who are in small to mid-sized businesses, the laundry list of, of things that require your attention is always growing. And the idea of delegating away the things that are not in your zone of genius and then allowing somebody who really wants to and excels at that area to do it is super, super empowering from a business operation standpoint, from a, a just a standpoint of hitting your own goals and, and being where you want to be. It really makes a difference to have people in place that are able to do that for you and who are able to co-create that desired future state of yours. So anyways, it was, a, it was an interesting discussion. Hopefully you walked away from it with some practical uh, strategies that you can employ in your own day-to-day -day running of your clinics and your businesses. Um, I think that's all I've got for this week. Uh, next On the next uh, episode, we'll be talking with a... Um, with an author who wrote a book about universal health care. So look forward to that. In the meantime, if you like the show, head on over to iTunes, leave us a rating and review. It helps people find the show, helps get our message out. And if you want to fill your clinic with engaged clients who value the services and the treatments that you provide, head on over to www.rehabupracticesolutions.com. That's rehab the letter U, practicesolutions.com. Learn more about what we do and about how we can help. Um, there's even a calendar there. You can book a, a, a short call with me over Zoom. We can jump on, the, on, a, on a call together, just kind of see what's going on with you, your situation, your, your clinic or organization, and if it makes sense to take next steps. Um, until the next time, everyone, be safe, be healthy. I'll talk to you then. 
Thanks for listening to The Better Outcome Show, where we explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Our hope is that you walk away from each episode informed, equipped, and empowered to push the boundaries in your own practice or business. We want to give you the tools to help you build strong, long-lasting relationships with your patients and clients, helping meet their goals, improve their health, and achieve better outcomes. Learn more at www.rehabupracticesolutions.com. We'll catch you on the next episode.